0: All right, let me hit the intro and we'll officially get into this thing. All right, three, two, one, go. So, hey, everyone. Officially, happy Friday. Welcome to the Digital Cash Rundown. We're at episode 145 already, which is, man, how that flies. I'm joined by the one and only Scott C. Business, Scott Cunningham. How's it going, man? It's going good. How's it going? Pretty good. Just working too hard, but you know, what is life, right? And it's going to you work and then you die. I'm trying to break out of the simulation here, you know? Um, yeah. Yeah. So um, um, my Discord got a screwed up. So some people with the NFTs got booted out. So if you're watching this, check and see if you can re-verify with stuff. And I'm probably going to get rid of the WAX NFTs that I was doing because they have a it's just janky the bot doesn't work so if you have one of those just get in contact with me and i'll send you a free one on polygon and yeah that's just that's it for that part um otherwise i rec- i'll recognize you if you comment in the regular live chats and i'll i'll you know read your fake super chat it right i'll, I'll read your basic stuff so there we go anyway so before we get into this stuff we got a lot of stuff i gotta do the coin atm radar thingy because they were they were nice enough to cold approach me and be like we want to throw you a bag so anyway um uh, coin atm radar so this, this podcast is sponsored by coin atm radar when buying crypto with cash an atm is much more reliable and safer than meeting some random person in a random place and much less likely to get you rated by the feds or whatever. I know some people that's happened to. And unlike an exchange which can freeze your account, you truly own all the crypto you buy. Uh, with Coin ATM Radar, you can find crypto ATMs and other services where you can buy or sell cryptocurrencies for cash. On the website, you can search by coin address. If the ATM supports selling as well as buying, which is big for someone like me who doesn't have fiat to buy with, I only want to get local currency when I'm traveling mostly. And you can also search by geo area, etc. Um, you can also check and compare current fees with different ATMs. So go find out more at coinatmradar.com, which is C-O-I-N-A-T-M-R-A-D-A-R All com. All right. So with that out of the way, now the first fun story of the day. We're switching off to um, Vivek and Trump and CBDCs. So, this is, so basically... Vivek Ramaswamy, and this is like a lot of Americans will know this, I guess, but I'm I'm even making some you know assumptions there. But Vivek Ramaswamy was kind of a, a little bit of a left field candidate for US president who just decided to suspend his campaign last couple days ago. He's known because he's a you know a biotech like millionaire or whatever, who is only thirty eight years old, I think. He's pretty young. And He's known for, other than being like a good debater and stuff, he came out really hard in favor of crypto, and crypto rights, and anti-CBDCs, and all this kind of stuff. And not he always played it very nice with Trump. Like a lot of the other candidates were bashing him the whole way. But so now that he's conceded, he's kind of joined the Trump campaign. Is you know trying to push that, maybe angling for a VP position. Who knows? But the point is. Trump is a total boomer, right? He's like almost 80, he's getting up there. And his views on crypto are just like, he tweeted a few years ago, I think, 2018, 2020, probably 2018 or 19. He tweeted something about how, you know, oh, this Bitcoin stuff is awful for criminals, all this kind of stuff. Since then, he has minted no fewer than three NFT collections on Polygon, (laughs) which, you know, it gets you in the end. and he's been kind of like, he's just still not super friendly, but then I guess Vivek pushed him really hard to come out strong against CBDCs. And so in this address, he talked about, he, he pledges to block the creation of a central bank digital currency in the U S. And when he said that, and the crowd goes, woo, you can see on his face. He's like, like, he doesn't expect that kind of a pop. Like they just call, told him the kids are going to love this line. And so he's like, all right. And he tries it out. And he's like, Oh shit, <laughs> that worked. So, Uh, What's your hot take on this as someone who is mercifully removed from the shit show that is American politics?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'll say um, I liked Vivek. I liked that he was really, he said day one they would want to remove all, you know, research and all grants and cut all spending on CBDCs and, you know, stop Mm -hmm. all that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think that's fantastic that after you know, one consultation with him and Trump, and then he comes out and agrees, you know? So I think that's very, very good to see. I mean, I haven't seen anything at all on crypto from uh, the opposition, but um, yeah, I mean, as a complete outsider, it's very, very good to see some fight against CBDCs because it feels like it's coming very soon in Canada. And uh, Mm. we're already one of the most digital you know, cash-based countries. So it's going to be very easy for them to roll it out. And it's fairly concerning to me, but as long as our uh, neighbors are, you know, leading in the right direction, that'd be good to see.
0: Yeah. And I had to say that like CBDCs are such a strange idea because it's kind of the natural progression of a fiat currency. And then ever since crypto came on, The idea of a CBC has been like one of those like buzzwords that's been everywhere, and few people have been directly advocating for one. There's been a bunch of banks and institutions and stuff that have been talking about it. Um, Some governments have tried to implement them. I feel like it's more of an idea that some that obviously people who hate them have a very strong idea of like conceptually what they are. The people that want to implement them don't really know what the hell they're doing. They don't know what to do. And you've seen the you know, Venezuela try the Petro a few different times and they finally just got rid of their latest iteration, just didn't work. And then Nigeria had their e Naira that didn't really like no one used it. And then they also got rid of it. I don't know if they got rid of it or if it just no one uses it. And so it's kind of this weird specter in the background. And so but now like I mean, Trump has no idea what it is, really. He just knows that the people hate it. But um, the number one on the Republican Party, the number one, the very, very clear front-runner, Trump, who we'll see, you know, there's still a possibility he doesn't get to run because of his legal challenges, but uh, he's now come out against it. Obviously, Vivek was a small, fringe candidate, kind of, who, not fringe, but, like, not a major one, but now he's there. Um, The, I don't know if it's a number two or three now, but one of the other top ones, Ron DeSantis, who was the anti-lockdown governor of Florida, uh, he's been super strong against CBDCs as well. So that side of the political spectrum is very anti. The left side of the political spectrum in the U.S., I don't know if they're, I mean, I don't know if they're pro-CBDC, though. That's the thing. I've never heard.
1: They just didn't really say much at all as far as I'm aware yeah I mean they I mean they're like quietly rolling it out here in Canada, like we had a survey put out by the uh uh the Bank of Canada that everyone pretty much in the survey said like they didn't trust it and they wanted it to like have privacy and all that and then they put out the results of that and it was like yeah pretty much it was overwhelmingly negative response, so that was very good to see. I don't know if they'll actually you know follow that, but it was uh it was a good turnout at least,
0: yeah. It, to be honest, I don't think anyone really realizes just how little financial privacy they have today. Anyway, but yeah. it's it's kind of interesting to see um, how that has kind of like shifted. Um, it is also very interesting to see like there's a lot of generational uh, prob- like problems with the issue of tech and crypto in general, where younger generations know it and understand it older generations don't know it don't understand it and because tech is moving so fast it's not like edges are different it's just like a radically different world like crypto and digital like asset regulation and and stuff being fair and free is huge on like the the Young, I hate to even say like a, an almost forty year old is young, but like you know, not a not a gray haired old fart or whatever. Like that whole category, it's huge for those people. And then for basically Gen X to Millennial, I mean Gen X to Boomers and beyond, it's not even like on their radar. They just, I don't care. We have bigger things to worry about, and they don't. <laughs> it's just so so interesting to see uh, the two gen, the kind of generational clash. Uh, like Vivek is. Probably, I wouldn't say it's hyperbolic to say he's half Trump's age. I think he literally is just about half. It's you know, yeah. Thirty. What's thirty-eight times two? You know, that's what seventy-six. Yeah, it's about right. So, but good thing that we have that the influence is kind of moving forward. Um, I am really interested to see what what happens with CBDCs because, as I said so 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 many times before uh it's such a concept but no one knows what the hell it actually is or what it would look like and i feel like governments are scrambling to just do something and they don't know what that would look like how it interfaces with which apps and which banks and stuff and that's the problems when you have a central thing a centrally planned thing is no one knows what the hell to do because like when you tap uh let's say apple pay or whatever and beep it goes through um No single entity knew how to do any of that. It was just layers upon layers of app developers and banks and things like that, just like making sure it all works. And that's the way the free market works, right? When you have basically the wisdom of everyone together, kind of working together without one person knowing the whole thing. So we try to centrally plan a digital currency. They just don't even know where to start. So I'm counting my blessings on that part so far. Fingers crossed. I think we're think we might stay ahead of the cbdc are you are you that optimistic or not uh
1: i don't know i mean i guess it depends who's in uh who's in office um and what their views are on it but Mm -hmm. i don't know to me it seems like the opportunities that cbdc's offer for governance and and governments would be so far outweighing the pushback that they would get it's hard to like there's so many benefits like they'll first, they'll say, Oh, well, it can do your taxes for you automatically. And people go, Oh, well, that's so convenient. And it's like, yeah, because it's going to just take the money automatically. (laughs) And it's like, Mm -hmm. Oh, well, maybe that's less good. And it's, and it'll just, they'll have all these applications like ESG scores. Um, you know, you, you've traveled too much, so you can't go on this flight or this cruise. So many applications that it could facilitate. It's like, yeah, maybe I'm just being pessimistic, but it's like, how many good things could it really offer you that you just can't already get through the regular banking system with digital money. Right. And it's Mm -hmm. like on the, on the plus side, like are there many benefits that it would actually offer for CBDCs? I don't think so. I mean, might be a little bit faster, but they're already doing this with the fed now. I mean, so I'm a little skeptical, but the fact that it's already kind of in the works is kind of concerning to me, regardless of who's, uh actually president or not
0: that's the real thing is people i think i think a cbdc is a concept i don't think it's a thing like it's just the idea right. of a centrally controlled digital currency so just do doing the fed now to replace so all you like just having fed now for example in the us and obviously other countries have their own will have their own version if they don't already just a a centrally controlled settlement rail to banks and stuff um that actually keeps user accounts so it's when you open an account with a different bank it's like your you still have your fed now id that you plug in there whatever uh just having that and then outlawing cash or getting rid of cash that is a cbdc already as far as what we have pretty much yeah conceptualized so in that case i guess i'm super bearish on the possibility of avoiding a cbdc if that's how you're going to define it like But as far as something new and different that isn't already happening in the fiat system, I don't know. I don't think they're going to be able to do something like that. So and honestly, um, stable coins that are have to register with the central bank to issue, like make USDC and Tether and all of them have to like register and get some approval from the central bank. That is also CBC perfectly defined. So mm-hmm. that's kind of what I'm going to I see happening and is happening. And in that case that does suck. But something else like the thing is if you there's already legislation out there in several US states at least and being proposed in many others to ban CBDCs. But what does that what does that mean? Like what is the law? Well that's
1: mean? a good question, right? Like cause if cuz if Tether is a CBDC in this aspect then they're Mm -hmm. not banning tether they're banning some new thing from being created that is a cbdc maybe you're right in the way that uh them jumping the gun on banning this concept just means everyone changes the words they use like it's it's the bank stable coin it's not a cbdc it's the bank stablecoin. and you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like they'll just use different language and yeah so i mean yeah that is concerning to me and i mean yeah if you look at tether right now with the amount of banned addresses it's over a thousand now and i believe it's over 780 million dollars worth of banned uh usdt or blacklisted or whatever where they've frozen the money and confiscated it so it's like yeah it's getting pretty bad and if we have something like that to compare to what a cbdc would look like or is then yeah it's definitely uh yeah so i've just brought it up it's one thousand two hundred and fifty four band addresses containing one hundred and seventy eight million dollars US, u s of usdt mm. and that's tracked on uh, dune analytics very uh very very good website
0: for tracking um, yeah. on chain analytics yeah, so from my perspective, I guess the anti cbdc sentiment, which seems to be in whatever you'd call. I guess I won't say free countries necessarily, but like free freedom um, supporting political movements, let's just say. It seems like the anti-CBD sentiment can be counted on to, um, I guess, slow some of the more Orwellian laws being put in place, maybe at least keep new laws from being put out. So whatever horrible stuff they launch has to be within current frameworks, but also, I think it's a more than that. It's a great cultural catalyst for the adoption of crypto because before crypto used to be like super rarefied cypherpunk anarchist people. And then, you know, a bunch of tech people came on board. Then like, I think libertarians as a whole are pro crypto. I can't, unless they're just like ancient or <laughs> they're ancient then maybe not, but everyone else libertarians as a whole, but it's also a political minority across the world. But now if you get the political right in like the U S and probably Canada as well, being very anti-cbdc that's kind of a that's almost like an advertisement for crypto to a certain extent it's like the training wheels right. for getting into crypto is being anti-cbdc so that's because kind by of default
1: that means yeah. they're pro like bitcoin and pro you know the opposite of cbdc's by default right so it kind of brings them into that that world in the uh let's say, the the better position from our perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, I totally agree.
0: Yeah. Man, crazy times. It is it is going to be interesting to see how in just a few years we're living in a completely unrecognizable world. Like, already, you know, already it's pretty you crazy.
1: You got your, your neural link set up and you're chipped and you're spending your CBDC and Mm -hmm. yeah it's gonna be very very interesting to see how that that plays out but yeah i mean if people have like good reasons to adopt a cbdc then like i would love to hear them but like i haven't really heard many like positives like on the same line of all the negative things that it could potentially be facilitated for i don't hear a lot of like oh like you're going to make more money because you have this it's like well no you'll just it'll just replace what you've already got like it's just more work for something that isn't going to benefit you in many ways like maybe they'll pitch it'll automatically do your taxes and that might be a little convenient but like i don't i don't see them coming up with like a lot of things unless the real pitch is like what worldcoin wants to offer with like uh, a universal basic income and that's how you get people to use cbdcs that so if that's exactly the, what's if that's happen. the yeah if that's the play then i think then that's I don't. I don't know what to say. I mean, it'll be too hard to convince people not to get their free thousand dollars or whatever, right? So, yeah, yeah, that's definitely very concerning to me if that's how it plays out.
0: Yeah, what I would love is for people to, um... yeah. Anyway, there's. There, I'm sure there'll be like a lot of fraud where you like do proxy CVD, like CVDC airdrop collectors, and then just right. you know, but uh... <laughs> yeah,
1: and then everyone else will pay for it. It'll just it'll just be the same flawed system. There's no way to get around
0: mm-hmm. it. like... Now the one thing is, that is interesting about that concept, and it's not not related to the tech, but it's 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 kind of like the two sides. Like the future is moving forward linearly, kind of, and there's two sides. Of, there's like the good and the bad side of the movement forward, and so that was the bad side of the movement forward. The, on some other context on that, so there was a bill in 2021, I believe, that was passed that just went into law this year. Some one of those giant infrastructure packages in the U.S. where they slip in a bunch of awful shit that like you have no oh, I, yeah. no idea what it is. One of those things was so in the U.S. currently, uh, you can use cash for anything. However, if you try to make a purchase of ten thousand dollars or greater in cash, you have to the business has to file a report to the IRS immediately, basically within fifteen days, I think, mm-hmm. and to just just say like this happened. This is the person. Blah blah blah. And, you know, it's just a way of like basically fudding cash, right? And so that already exists. And they basically added the same thing for crypto now, where now if you receive, as a business, receive 10,000 or close to 10,000, it looks like they're trying to get right under the limit or whatever. You have to file, a business has to then file, um, report that to the IRS and file form and basically KYC the customer who does it. Now the problem with that thing is first off it's being ch- challenged as in law by Coin Center and some other uh, people like that it's still going through appeals but the problem is that means if if I sent you to some like your public donation address what could be construed as 10k or more of something now you have to KYC the mystery person how the hell are you going to comply with that and they so it's just creating like impossible yeah. Like policies, yeah. And yeah. as a result of that, recently the IRS put out a statement saying, oh, by the way, guys, this law that went into effect this year, it doesn't actually apply yet because we still have to figure out how to do it, basically is what they said. They just said that we have to wait for the Treasury Department other things to come up with explicit rulemaking on how to do this. So in the meantime, don't worry about that, that rule that's now law. It's like, all right, well, that's confusing. And... I think that, like, I have to say, as a small business owner myself, um, taxes are awful, and losing the money to the government is terrible, but it's not the worst part. The worst part is just the, the paperwork. I just hate it. I hate keeping track of everything here. I hate, well, CBDCs you know. will solve that for you. Don't yes. So I, <laughs> I have to say, when I was a, an actual, like, employee before, which it's been so, so, so many years since I've been that for anyone. But um, it was just easy because I just filed a form once a year and basically just said, nope, that's it. And sometimes I get some money back. You know, that's about it. I mean, I don't know. I hope it's more efficient in Canada, but it it sucks here. No, no, no. I'm a small business owner too. So yeah, Yeah. it's, uh, it's equally as inefficient. Yeah. So what I'd like... I think the the solution on the the good side of that, So because crypto makes it impossible to comply with all these rules, especially because um, something that I'm looking forward to figuring out is part of my income is in Maya tokens. And Maya tokens aren't on any exchange, even the Maya protocol exchange themselves. They're purely a peer-to-peer traded thing. That doesn't have a market value, as far as I know. So what the hell? Well, what am I going to do about that? You know, you know. Stay tuned for more. I guess I, might, I better, you know, tip my accountant some some extra on top because. Yeah. But <laughs> tip him <yeah>. some Maya. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah. You're going and down then be like, like all me. right, now what? Now what do you do? <laughs> and
1: he's like, okay, I'll figure this out. It's like, okay, once you're done figuring that out, let me know.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's so one. It's one of those things where, um, it's the com- the complexity of the reporting laws is just so bad that it will now that cryptos made things more complicated it will have to change. And one thing I'm sort of bullish on is I guess some sort of like an algorithmic tool or something like that where you just all you have to do is sign a transaction with all your wallets and It's not that hard to figure out, even for an experimenter like me, it's not that hard to figure out where all your wallets are. So I got these phone apps, I got this hardware wallet, I got another hardware wallet, I got this thing and that thing, a little MetaMask. You just sign up all and it automatically tracks everything, cost basis, everything, and just prints you out a report and then you just do that. That would be You can basically do that with Coinly, not to like Mm -hmm. promote,
1: you know, a specific one, but there's a few of them that you can <laughs> uh, I don't know I might, but uh, I use them personally for mm-hmm. mine, but I, I tested out a bunch of them There's a bunch that are also really good. as long as you can connect your API um, or you have like your API from the exchange you use or just mm-hmm. like give them your wallet address, they'll just do it all for you. It's like not the cheapest thing in the world if you do a lot of transactions like you're a day trader, but if you're just like a normal user it's it's not crazy expensive. And it's very, very like accurate and like helpful. And, and yeah, it's, it's very useful. And they have like different, um, like per country, like, so they have like, you know, for tax law for Canada, tax law for the U S et cetera. So yeah, I mean fairly good, but there's, there's, there's a bunch out there. So, I mean, I'm sure a lot of them can actually do the same thing. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, we're definitely at that point now where you don't have to like rely on a CBDC to do it for you.
0: Yeah. So, that's kind of a thing where now that kind of pushes the thing forward where, you know, the other thing is a lot of people don't have exposure to things like capital gains and capital gains reporting. It's only like specific investors do in the fiat world where now every yeah. single crypto person who uses this stuff on a daily basis might have exposure to that kind of a world, which puts pressure on right. Cause it's always like the government likes to screw certain small minorities of people because there's few of them and they can't really complain. (laughs) But when they start hitting everyone, that's when they have to actually make some changes because everyone complains. So hopefully this inconvenience causes enough people to be like, all right, look, we need to do a, like, we need to do some sort of a cap on capital gains, right? Or a, a, a minimum threshold. Like, whether it's, you know, Basically, if transactions are under or a weekly, whatever it is, daily, weekly, whatever limit, is under a certain total amount, don't even have to worry about paperwork. And it's only on amounts larger than this, Do even during a certain time period that you do, and then you have to figure it that, that
1: would out. probably be a good idea, yeah.
0: People have talked about this, and I think they've suggested proposed legislation stuff. It just hasn't gone anywhere, to my knowledge, because I think I'd be super, um, super happy about it you know, <laughs> if I heard about it, but yeah, speaking of yeah. regulations and stuff, let's hit on the Zcash thing. Cause this is very interesting. Um, and I kind of talked to you a little bit before the show about that, but, um, just putting up this, um, post by that bot. I actually, I, I might actually know this person in like all these people. I might know a lot of these people in real life, but I just have no idea who it is. <laughs> it's pseudonymous. So someone in the, um, acquired investor, um, who I can't remember exactly who that was, but whatever. I'm sure they like their privacy Said update. We've received confirmation from bias that we have successfully passed their compliance review and can proceed with implementing the new address type. Binance did to not indicate a pref- preference between the text address and the trace by, you know, whatever, all this kind of stuff. And Batlot says, um, oh, looks like Zcash is going to stay listed on Binance. And yeah, I already explained privately, like before the show started about, um, the situation: How they're going to to delist a lot of privacy assets, and then Zcash added this new transparent address type, which is kind of a little bit of a misnomer because Zcash didn't change anything. An independent wallet mm-hmm. developer uh, developed this new address type that can be used in wallets, and then a bunch of wallets, I guess, are getting on board that will only it's um, that can only receive transactions from transparent addresses it's not just transparent it can only receive from transparent addresses so it just adds an extra step in tracing funds that go to an exchange where if i sent shielded zcash to a transparent exchange address the exchange just the address just says all right receive this much money who the hell knows where it's from whereas now it's like you have to receive it from So it's like it came from this address to this address where it came before that no one knows still, but it's just that extra step for some reason makes them happy. So I don't know, what do you think Well, it's probably that? cause
1: most people are going to be lazy. The people who actually like use it for privacy will do that. But I'm sure there's many people who were told to use it for privacy or just invest in it and they'll just be like, ah, whatever, like, I don't care. You know what I mean? Like the, the lowest common denominator is all gonna slip through maybe that's what they're hoping for because like otherwise i don't even see what the point would be but yeah i mean if you like your privacy you'll obviously continue to do those extra steps the reality is i try to do like privacy everything you know try to use like signal for all my messaging and but like 90 percent of the people that you're like hey use this thing and it's like i'm already on too many i can't be bothered so like a lot of people just like don't care enough about their privacy or don't know why they should, or you know what I mean? Like it says, uh, don't it's know their it,
0: phone is spying on them.
1: <laughs> yeah. Or, or you tell them their phone is spying on them and they're like, so desensitized it. It's like, yeah, probably, I don't know. I say something, I see the ad it is what it is. It's like, all right, well, if you don't care, you don't care. So and I'm, but i I think that's the attitude of a lot of people. I don't think that's the attitude of like a lot of Zcash users, but um, the reality is, is I'm sure there's many investors who feel that way and might just have it or their friend told them to buy it because of privacy but that they don't really care that much. And they're just like, ah, well, you know, let me just, you know, I'm not going to do these extra steps or they're not savvy enough to realize that that's what they have to do or, you know, whatever it happens to be, I'm sure it'll be like a 20 to 30% margin of people where it's like the lowest common den- denominator is going to slip through. And I mm-hmm. think that's really what they're
0: hoping for, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of interesting um, how that whole thing works. And it's cool. First off, from the exchange perspective, from my understanding, there's absolutely no legal reason, no regulatory reason Binance needs to even remove any privacy assets. Kraken supports Monero, for example. Binance supports Shielded Zcash. So not just like every other address, but like you can send shielded Zcash to a shielded address in Gemini, which advertises itself as the most regulated crypto exchange in the world. And no one can see where that went. It's all their internal accounting that tells them that they report on. So if that's perfectly legal and no one's given Gemini any grief, there's no reason, the only reason, so if there's no regulatory reason, then the next thing under is usually like banking partner. And I don't think they have banking partner pressure, but Binance is under the scope of <laughs> the US government very strongly these days after, you know, the whole stuff with CZ possibly doing jail time or whatever else, or all the that stuff. So I think that it's more like, look, you want good treatment. It's more like a bullying now. It's like, if you want good treatment, you're gonna do these things. So. We can curb money laundering in your exchange. And it's not like it's a legal requirement. It's just like, otherwise, we're going to throw the book at you some more. It's kind of like a plea deal requirement almost, which is a little sketchy, if you ask me.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, they they went after BUSD, and then they had to go through that whole thing and, and switch it to PAX, right? So, like, clearly, they've been having a lot of problems with their their products and services with like trying to make things work in a way that is uh, not causing like regulatory and uh, and problems and, you know, getting fined for different things. So and I mean, they're and Paxos, I'm pretty sure like they do everything for PayPal, as well as and like they work with finance as well as they're the partners with uh, Visa and MasterCard. So if there is pressure from them on Binance, then maybe that's a, a part of the issue. And, and through PayPal as well.
0: Yeah. Well, I now we're going to like what we think of this move, right? And I'm going to put a Douglas Tumman, the Monero talk guy, who I've been on his show before. And anyway, he posts, obviously, he's a Monero guy, so it's an antagonistic a pr- like mentality towards Zcash, but anyway, says not trying to be a jerk, just trying to understand. Zcash folks, do you all actually view this as a win? Bending the knee to regulators by literally altering the protocol. You can argue that the new address scheme will have no effect on privacy, but doesn't it demonstrate that Zcash is effectively centralized and caters to the institutions? True crypto is meant to disrupt. Plus, it promotes the KYCing of those who want to obtain Zcash. This is why people that actually need slash use digital cash don't trust the project. I have to imagine this will ultimately hurt Zcash's already floundering adoption. Zcashers, are any of you opposed to what happened here? Tags the guy who said it says Monero folks are not angered by your unquote win. We generally see it as a loss. So before I chime in my many opinions on this, why don't you why don't you go first? What do you think?
1: Sure, I mean, um, I I. I half agree with them, half disagree. I mean, like, obviously they want people to be able to uh, trade on the exchange, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, it is interesting that it's supposed to be like this decentralized private coin, but then they can like change it so quickly and, and just like comply with what needs to be changed. And it's like, yeah, it could just be a slippery slope. I mean, uh, he does make a really good point in saying that At the very minimum, people who are KYC will like they'll know that they're buying Zcash, even if they send it to an address and then send it to a shielded address after they'll know who is actually buying it to begin with. So they are definitely giving up like privacy by doing this. So it's definitely a step in the wrong direction. I mean, he might be a little over uh, like a little hyperbolic, but uh mm-hmm. I, I think he's kind of right. I I would lean more towards right. Uh that 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 is kind of concerning. But um at the same time like you know he, he is also probably just like a little biased and like more of like a Monero maxi to some degree. But yeah, I, I don't think he's totally off off with this.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of unpacking to do in this thing. Like Yeah. To be really Correct. I have to like fine to comb this a little bit, uh, generally Fair speaking. <laughs> so, well, first, just to address, there are some technical inaccuracies that I just want to get that out of the way. Um, literally altering the protocol is not something that has happened. The Zcash protocol remains completely unchanged. Um, some wallets have implemented something different. Just like um, you can do v- view keys in Monero wallets, right? And it would be like, having some like auto view key share function in the new wallet that then a few other wallets implement and be like it altered the protocol so it's not technically accurate there right Um, and so doesn't it demonstrate that it's effectively centralized not only if a central actor made this choice where uh, you know obviously central actor binance influenced the choice but who 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 did it is not necessarily a central actor it's a Now, that's where he says the that's what it's so you have to pick this apart because and caters to institutions true crypto is meant to disrupt. That seems probably more accurate, right? But centralized no caters to yes. Probably no, yes. And uh it promotes KYCing of those who want to change Zcash. The thing the thing with that is Availability on an exchange means some people will uh, will KYC in order to obtain it because that's what you have to do on this exchange, right? The difference is being does being on an exchange promote KYC, or is it just an option for people who go that route? But also it it's been on Binance for like years. So I don't think this extra promotes a KYC or something. In fact, it might even promote the opposite because this extra step required to do things might make more people be like, yeah, I think we need to move in the other direction. And so this is why people who actually need slash to use digital cash. Don't trust the project. Well, I trust the project and I use a hell of a lot more digital cash than this guy. But I mean, it depends on what you mean by trust. I trust the tech and I, you know, I don't know about the, what do you call it about the project? Um, and you know, what else you see, what's happening. You see as a win. Um, the one thing, so there's kind of two things at play here. There's a lot of talk, but two things at play. One thing is Zcash on a protocol level or whatever, which you'd call the Zcash asset is available to be accessed on more platforms, more exchanges, let's just say specifically than Monero. Monero lost one. Zcash stayed on it in this case. That's an absolute win for Zcash. Now, implementing a new address type thingy, I don't view that itself as a loss for sure. I do not view that as an actual loss, but I do view it as a slippery slope. Now, that's where the next the next step in the slope is where we have problems, I think. I don't think this is a problem, but I think the next one will be a problem, where the if now it's like, "Oh, we need to start implementing wallets that have no Z adder type or like some regulator says in order to do this, you can only do transparent something like that starts to happen. That's when it's like, all right, that's an absolute problem. You cannot move any step further, um, which they could already do that. But yeah, the precedent it sets is not good, but it's like also the precedent of just being delisted is not good either. So I don't, I don't kind of know. One thing's for, for sure though is, And this is my little rant where I come off a lot more like a Zcash shill in this context, although I don't mean to be a Zcash commentary, but in general. Crypto is so freaking full of virtue signals. And I'm sure you see this constantly. The Bitcoin maximalists are the worst offenders, absolutely, because they post constantly about freedom and sound money and cyberpunk stuff while running right into the hands of the most centralized KYC custodial everything possible. And so screw those people, they're hypocrites, right? I have to say the Monero people are a flavor, have a flavor of that too, though. Now, Monero is highly private, not the most private, but it's highly private. And it is practical. There's a lot of user, there's a lot of, especially like the Darknet stuff and P2P deck stuff, there's a lot of actual ways you can use it. But also as far as like buying gift cards relatively easily or like, accepted at commerce there's a lot of a lot more than zcash today there's a lot of that stuff so definitely that definitely that's not a virtue signal that's virtue but the signaling seems to be they really don't like the corporate feel of zcash which is not a technical argument it's not a practical argument but it's a cultural thing they don't like that and rant against oh you bent the knee the tech didn't but the uh, tech didn't bend any knee. Just some people did some things. Therefore, the tech sucks is kind of the argument sort of thing, and a lot of Monero people would rather use Monero for 10% of their transactions, and use Fiat for 90%. They feel more righteous than using Dash for 100% of their transactions, and that doesn't make sense. Now, if I think those people should use Monero for 10% and Dash for 90% and complain that they can't use Monero for more than the 10%. But that's the righteous path if you really care about getting rid of fiat sort of thing. So the the Zcash and, Dash, uh, Zcash and um, Monero conflict is kind of interesting as a, you know, I guess I, you could say I'm more of a Zcash insider because they have done like work for them, been to more conferences and stuff like that. But it as taking a step back and trying to look at it, it is interesting because it's almost entirely a cultural um, battle. It's not even a principles battle because both sides believe in financial autonomy. Both sides believe in privacy. Both sides you know are completely aligned on that part, but just the culture around it, like the vibe, like are you going to, you know, and, and by the way, both of them <laughs> largely KYC for 95 plus percent of their economic activity just because that's the world that most of us live in today. But the culture, based on what their statements and their branding, it's a very, a very oil and water branding and cultural war. And that's kind of the between the lines that I kind of see. And I see a lot of people falling on the side of one or the other based on their, their cultural background. I don't know if you've noticed a lot of the same thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, there's obviously definitely more people probably using Monero, but um, and I mean, I'm a little biased because like I've been using Monero for a long time and not mm-hmm. so much Zcash. But um, yeah, I mean, you're you're definitely right there that like it's a little bit hyperbolic, and I guess you do have to kind of pick through the nuances. I think to some degree, though, like it, it's promoting KYC for though that like low common denominator that I was talking about the people who are just going to send it to an address and leave it there and they're not going to take those extra steps and then and then like you said if the next step is uh wallets that only have that and then you know that's a slippery slope so mm. i mean yeah i mean anything that like rules against privacy and rules to towards kyc i'm always naturally vehemently against mm. but uh obviously they don't want to be delisted either so i totally obviously see the reason why that you would do this so yeah i mean it is it's kind of one of those things where it's like it is what it is Mm -hmm. um i still would like to see more privacy coins and more privacy and less kyc across the board obviously Mm -hmm. that's the the real end goal but um yeah i mean i would also like to say less infighting amongst the privacy coins and more of just like a collaborative privacy approach to the whole market and be like look we're all privacy coins this is all good let's do you know like conventions and conferences where it's all there and you know like they should be doing more of that um but Mm -hmm. i guess crypto inherently is pretty tribal so it's one of those
0: things and i have to like to sort of soften the criticism of the the monero virtue signal um I do think it's very important to signal some to pursue virtue to a certain extent culturally, because otherwise it's like the, you know, the whole cyber Hornets thing, right? It's like, you have to have a very strong culture around the principles that you care about, which are privacy, no KYC, financial autonomy. You have to have a very, you have to have something like that that can then resist, you know, uh, attempts for censorship because a censorship resistant tool can be used for censorship it just you have to use it the right way and so if you end up in a completely kyc world that's no good and that's something i've noticed um is this maybe a criticism of a lot of people in the zcash community again not pointing specific fingers because i just get this random sentiment a lot of them are extremely hesitant to use their zcash for real purchases because they don't want to sort of like Docks their supply or they don't want to do that kind of stuff and they would rather just use fiat and wait for the free world to arrive where they can use zcash you know effectively and have their privacy and i don't think that's ever going to come if they don't use it and so uh one thing's for sure is usable dex infrastructure is what all of crypto needs and um, that's why i'm huge into Thorchain, maya protocol now chain flip and in the well I mean I don't know very much about Chainflip, but I'm you know it's one of the Thor children, so obviously I like that. And then supposedly later in the year, Sarai Dex is coming out, which is their whole shtick is to have Monero support. And so if you have a DEX that you can aggregate through Thor Chain and get to Monero through there, that's a fantastic win. And so I've been I've been pushing Zcash people to try to get Zcash onto the Maya protocol so then zcash is into that system and ultimately like staying on a big centralized exchange is always good in the short term and good in the midterm and not bad in the long term but long term you you don't want to be on centralized infrastructure long term you want full open source censorship resistant financial freedom at every step of everything you do and so that's mm-hmm. that's where we should all be moving so yeah, I mean, I would say, don't get so grumpy, Monero people, about this. But Zcash people really start this buys you time. This doesn't. Don't get complacent. Oh, we're still on Binance. Like, no, this buys you time until they delist you in a couple of years anyway. Like, listen, it's coming. Maybe not a specific Zcash delisting, but whatever. You know, Whatever you're trying to get out of crypto will not be possible by what the regulators do so start working on the decentralized ways well said all right now let's hit this speaking of centralization institutions and all this fun stuff we like franklin templeton (laughs) so franklin templeton obviously with like etfs and stuff like that um they Their account, they put laser eyes on their account. And I've been talking about, about Bitcoin, yeah. which is kind of cringe seeing all these institutions, like legacy institutions, get in on the laser eye trend. Or not even a trend, but whatever. But they've been posting some very interesting opinions on the actual tech. So they said, on speaking of Bitcoin, they said ordinals and layer two solutions on Bitcoin shouldn't be ignored. These are vital to solving Bitcoin's economic security problem and increasing Bitcoin's utility as a store of value. So, what do you make of all this? <laughs> what, what is your take on ordinals? Like, yeah. I... um, it's interesting. Um, my take on ordinals is agreement with the tweet. Is that they... Sh- are a vital to solving Bitcoin's economic security problem and therefore increasing the utility as a store of value. Currently, that seems to be the case because Bitcoin's security budget, Bitcoin's fee revenue has just otherwise not kept up very well. Every having does do a nice supply of shock, pumps the price or whatever, but... It decreases the total amount in Bitcoin terms it's paid to miners. And as a percentage of market cap, it falls in half, right? So you need to increase fee revenue. People don't seem to want to pay more than a few dollars for a Bitcoin transaction, largely. Except Ordinals really added, I mean, Bitcoin dethroned Ethereum for a little bit as the most highly fee-generating network, which made made it unusable to use Lightning and a bunch of other stuff, which, you know, kind of hilarious, but... It also fed the network. It kept it, you know, sustainable and secure while that was really popping off. So yeah, I, I, I guess
1: my question is like, do we want higher fees, or or is it more important that we're increasing the utility?
0: Well, I think it's more importantly, more important that you increase the utility. The problem is, you kind of need to increase capacity for you, the utility to go up, and that doesn't seem to be super on the table, you know. I mean, there's a lot of, well, CTV, I make mean, lightning, okay, whatever. And, oh, well, then, you know, roll-ups on Bitcoin. Okay, well, we just need this one little upgrade. Okay, Look, like, we've been playing the one little upgrade and then Bitcoin's path forward will be clear. We've been playing that game for close to a decade now. That's long in crypto terms. I mean, it's time to realize that we, if Bitcoin is going to scale on-chain, it, it, sorry, if Bitcoin is going to scale so that regular users can use it in trust-minimized ways, we need something different than what has been pursued in the past. We need something completely different, like increasing block size or allowing a drive chain or something like that, like a you know a merge mine side chain or something like that. We need something big, and this isn't the tweaky tweakies aren't seeming to work. So ordinals. Create a situation where people will pay a lot of money for on-chain transactions, and that solves that problem for Bitcoin the network. It doesn't solve it for the users. So Bitcoin's constricted block block size basically priced out small users of Bitcoin already. But the I would call it like the the first world tourist types still could use it. Oh yeah, I get to pay three dollars and send you know and top up my Lightning channel or like you know. just if your $10 latte and bagel combo, like who cares if you pay $2.50 for an on-chain transaction? Like, you know, it's freedom's worth it, whatever you want to call it. Those people, now they got priced out and they're pissed off, which is pretty funny because they didn't care when the the little guy was priced out. So I don't know. Like ordinals are the only thing that are working to make it sustainable under the current system. So I would say you got to change up the system Or you got to just accept that ordinals are the thing that's paying the bills. What if it was a Trojan horse to just get rid of all those people? I mean, I don't really think that it's a big loss if it is. Because those people that get priced out by that are so few. They're just like the few laser-eyed podcasters. Fair enough. So so the way that I would look at it is... Mm -hmm. um, if bitcoin is gold then ordinals are
1: just uh gold coins that are that cost more than the regular gold because it's like uh an nft basically but like yeah they're commemorative visit- gold coins
0: yeah exactly it's Instead like little uh, nuggets
1: i can go to the bank and buy a regular coin or i can buy like the special gold coin and it might cost like four times as much and it's like yeah, well, that's kind of crazy if you're just looking at it based on the value of gold, obviously, but if you're looking at it based on the unique individual individuality of it, like an NFT, then it's like, yeah, maybe that makes sense. And I look at ordinals kind of like that, but I don't invest in gold that way because I don't really trust that. I'd rather just buy the actual gold and not have to worry about all the extra stuff. And that's also kind of the way that I look at ordinals. I'm not going to buy any ordinals. I don't really I'm, I'm kind of vehemently against a lot of that stuff just like personally anyways for investing i think maybe that does like you say solve the problem of utility but as an investment i don't really think it makes a lot of sense but that's just my kind of like uh, old mm-hmm. take towards like nfts in general but um mm-hmm. yeah i mean i do think layer two solutions are good i think increasing utility is good for that um but yeah i'm definitely skeptical around uh actually telling people like, you know, invest in ordinals or anything along that line.
0: Yeah. And so the next statement by these guys, which is, I guess, less specific and nuanced, but, you know, Stell says, we believe in blockchain, we believe as blockchains improve in fees and performance, the potential use cases that are unlocked grow exponentially, improving the economics and experience for the end user cannot be overstated. So, do you have any anything on this one?
1: Seems slightly contradictory to the uh, previous. Um, well, unless they uh, mean improve as in go up in fees. <laughs>
0: well, I think uh, um, but before they're talking about like ordinals are good, and then layer twos are good, and here they're talking about um, better performance and fees are good and, and lower fee. And I get the assumption is lower fees. Now it doesn't oh, necessarily sorry. mean lower l1 fees necessarily but like lower fees for people to use it and so yes it it does seem a little contradictory without extra context with extra context maybe not but they didn't provide that but the point is they basically say you know and i i can't really disagree with what they say saying that better performance and better fees or you know cheaper fees right for the individual can for the end user is a good thing and lets a lot of growth and stuff. Sure, obviously, that seems to be super obvious. But then, um, twenty then, um, some freaking toxic maxi dude comments. 2013 called, and it wants its basic misunderstanding of what makes blockchains useful back. Get out of here with that blockchain nonsense. Focus on Bitcoin. <laughs> okay. Um, so it seems like it's almost like a pushing in a big blocker area of things where it says it has to be useful to everyday users kind of thing but the more important thing for me in all this is you have a large legacy financial institution now talking about very specific things of what should happen technically with with the biggest crypto and they're basically throwing their weight around a little bit you lest we forget van eck and bitwise uh, pledged a lot of Like five or ten percent or whatever of etf profits to go towards bitcoin development so now you have these big institutions that the etf world is now there's no really way around it but like trying to control the direction of bitcoin so what do you think
1: yeah i mean uh what you just said at the end there is definitely concerning uh i do not want that to be the case i mean it's good that there's institutional adoption because then People who don't understand crypto can get into crypto. The issue would be that they're doing it all through centralized means. And hopefully they eventually get educated and then they get out and they get in the right way. But I feel like that's going to be less and less the case as more and more uh, banks and financial investment funds and all these different things start to adopt crypto. Um, I think it's going to just it, it'll get people into it because they're like, oh, OK, I guess it's like widely accepted now. But then they're all just going to be investing through these centralized means. And then more and more of the money in crypto will be in centralized, uh, like in centralized control. And, you know, people are also afraid that like Bitcoin's going to be way more heavily influenced by futures contracts and all these different things now with all of these different ETFs. So yeah, I mean it's definitely concerning to see all this centralization. But as long as we just keep pushing education about what you're actually supposed to do with crypto, and like that you should actually hold it in a decentralized way, not leave it on exchanges, not leave it in ETFs. The only reason that you would invest in an ETF like here in Canada is because you can do it through your tax-free savings account, and you can avoid Mm -hmm. all the issues around tax if you're like amateur and you don't want to deal with all the complications. That makes sense. Way better than like PayPal or something, where you you don't get tax benefits and it's still centralized. It's just like a double loss there. Not that this is financial advice, but uh, there's definitely a worse way to invest, and it's through like these really centralized ways, because uh, there's there's no benefit in terms of decentralization or privacy and
0: mm-hmm. or tax.
1: So. You know, make sure you're investing the right way. There is a right way to invest, and <laughs> it is uh, ideally the least KYC and the least privacy exposing. And the you know, but you know, people do what they can do.
0: Yeah, there's definitely a huge, um, there's definitely a huge gulf between like touching the raw crypto and doing something in via an ETF. However, I do know that obviously there's like tax benefits to investing through like you know say you know in the u.s they have like the 401k um, yeah retirement accounts and a lot of companies will match your 401k contributions up to a certain point where they wouldn't just give you the money straight to your salary from that and so there's like a bunch of structures that incentivize things like investing but investing in the old legacy fiat ways and so because of that like if i had a day job let's say like like a regular job i wasn't just you know paid by like a random freaking blockchain protocols from the sky and tokens that i don't even know have real value or whatever right they aren't trading on anything so that wasn't just like my life if i had an actual fiat salary i would probably go for the max 401k match possible from an employer the rest i'd get paid out and, and convert to crypto automatically but then so i'd probably have a mix then of etf investments or in you know whatever it is uh, 401k in crypto related things not in ma- yeah. a few companies too obviously but for the most part I'd be very heavy into crypto that side but then also just my physical cash or checking savings account type deal would be 100% crypto with keys i control and so in that situation you'd have that so because of that these institutions will have a lot of sway and the fact that like i think we like we underestimate just how much influence a little bit of money from Blockstream had over the direction of Bitcoin from 2015 onward or whatever, 2014, whatever it was. And then these big institutions are... The reason they're throwing money at it is because they put a lot of money into Bitcoin. And they're not just going to be like, well, the, let's just see what happens. Whatever the decentralization decides is how things will shake out. Like, no, they, they want to make sure their investment is taken care of in the future. So not only they're making sure there's development funding available just in general as a resource, but I'm sure they're going to be throwing their weight around. There's a reason why they're they're commenting on very specific things. Because in terms of notice those those two posts that upset the Maxis comment on two things. First of all, one says one comments specifically on ordinals, not just ordinals and L2s but ordinals and because there's a an effort through a lot of the the bitcoin world to filter or censor whatever term you want to use to basically get rid of ordinals to keep them from happening because they want to be able to buy their coffee and pay five dollar fees instead of 25 fees <laughs> you know whatever it is they want to still do that right uh and so it's, it's directly commenting on that saying look look you laser eyes don't run this shit anymore is kind of what they're trying to say we run this shit because we have more money in it than you do or we have more institutional whatever and the other thing they're trying to say is look this situation with obscene fees for the end user and oh just use lightning but you know that hasn't really allowed end users to just have those low fees that's going to end we're not going to keep that up so it seems like a very strong signal that one we're in charge (laughs) two or you know they think they're in charge whatever one we're in charge two ordinals are paying the bills so we're not going to filter them for now and three we're going to move i wouldn't say quickly but like we're going to move decisively on getting end users to be able to use this stuff for low fees whether it's through an l2 like they alluded to or whether it's through getting a block size increase so that's my translation of those tweets i don't i don't know if you'd Disagree with that. Do you have any disagreement or extra you want to add to that? No, I mean I think that's pretty succinct.
1: Um yeah, it, it really depends on like exactly the nuances of it. But uh but yeah, no, I mean I I agree for the most part. I think um they're definitely uh trying to centralize uh Bitcoin to some degree and I mean if it's $25, again, if I liken it to gold, that's not really crazy because if I was to just try to spend gold, it'd probably cost more than $25 uh, as a transaction fee. And I kind of look at crypto where Bitcoin is digital gold and like, you know, Bitcoin Cash, Litecoin, Dash are cash. Um, so, I mean, it is what it is. I mean,
0: yeah. Yeah. And largely this is like... It's kind of like commenting on, um, commenting on politics in a foreign country, where, for me as a, I think I do have some Bitcoin, very little though, like few hundred bucks worth, and I, I might be forced to receive some for payment because, uh, how else am I going to get paid out from Stripe from, you know X because I monetize on X and stuff. How else am I going to get it paid out other than BitWage? And they don't accept anything good. They don't have any low fee chains that they pay out in. So for a temporary period of time, I might receive some. But basically, as someone who's very divorced from Bitcoin as a whole, it's just very interesting for me to, like, observe from a distance. But, like, I'm busy. My world is doing well. Like, I don't have these problems in my world. It's just kind of like, you know, peanut gallery. Like, oh, look what they're doing over there. Popcorn, you know. Yeah, let's wrap up on the last thing, which isn't really a, too much of a news item, but it's about the the dash tenth anniversary. So yesterday, I believe, right? That was Thursday, right? Um, was Dash's ten year anniversary. And so we did a little Twitter space and stuff, and you know, just celebrating stuff. But it's just kind of a, a commentary on that that um, I mentioned a lot of times yesterday about the class of twenty fourteen. Because there's, there's not very many. There's a few of those like OG crypto projects that are like sticking around. Like you have um, the obviously the, the super early ones, like maybe Litecoin and stuff like that, were very much like in the copy-paste thing, which I have to admit, Litecoin has done fantastic for being a copy-paste type concept in terms of, you know, it's probably the most used crypto for payments today. It seems like that's what the data is telling me. Um, but so obviously yeah then you have like the first rush of coins that are like well we start with the bitcoin base but then do some something meaningful that's extra and obviously like monero as well as like monero's birthday's in the either a few days or a couple months it's very soon Digibyte just had its birthday digibite's a little bit more of like a past thing but there's still a community it's still functioning it's still out there uh and then i'm sure like ethereum is 2015 right Zcash might have been 2016, so like that, right around that that cycle, you have a lot of these like OG projects, and then of course you have all the new shiny ones, which I guess seem to have had less staying power as far as like, but also are newer in the cycles and stuff, and so um, yeah, it's kind of crazy to see like 10 years is a hell of a long time for anything to still be sticking around in the crypto space, and um, I really be interested in seeing what the space looks like 10 years after that, you know, cause Bitcoin survived, you know, 15 years. Um, depending on your perspective is either doing really well or doing really terribly, but it's probably a good mix of both. Um, Litecoin. I, I don't do price watching or charts or anything. I don't know if Litecoin is doing that well in that department, but it's still somewhere in the top 20, I'd guess as far as I able to tell. And from a, transaction perspective it's being used quite a lot so i would call that a success so yeah what do you think what's your your perspective on do you keep up on like a lot of the the newer projects or like the the multiverse x type things and then the polka dots and then the whatever else is new the caspas the fucking i keep up
1: on a few things um i mean my i mean if i'm being honest my general like um Uh, like perspective is a lot of these projects aren't doing like there's a lot of new like eth killers but their only real like proposition is like lower gas fees which is pretty much they're all saying that Mm -hmm. some chains do actually offer really really useful like innovative solutions those are great but uh there isn't a lot of them but some of them are like cosmos and uh, you know, like they've got projects like Thor Chain and all these different things. I think mm. stuff that is actually making very unique, innovative novel solutions that are just copy paste from previous chains, I think that's great. Um I still have Dash, I still use it to buy stuff on like BitRefill and mm-hmm. um and I use Bitcoin Cash and I use Litecoin. So I use like a a handful of different coins and I don't keep up as much as I probably should on all the new stuff coming out. But if I do see something that seems like novel, I will definitely like dive into that, uh, that project. But um, I don't think it's like pessimistic to say that there isn't a ton of like novel projects. The way that I describe it is for a long time, we were like climbing up a mountain and now we're just like on a, plateau just like spreading out and Mm -hmm. they're just doing the same thing but they're not really like scaling that progress anymore but they're just spreading out and kind of all doing the same thing at the same level um versus like progressing up that mountain um Mm -hmm. but i don't know i'd like to hear your take because uh i maybe i'm just not as connected as i used to be into like new projects but at least in like the social media and web 3 space i see a lot of it kind of like quieting down and moving more towards like enterprise solutions, which is also good, but um, as long as they're like novel and like, you know, actually producing something of value.
0: Yeah, like one of these hardest new projects to really get form a concrete opinion on from my perspective has been Solana because Solana came out and it seemed like Mm. absolute like centralized trash version of Ethereum that just breaks all the time. And the founders did a bunch of sketchy things. They lied about the token supply. They did a whole bunch of like, I just like shitcoin bin, like get out of here. Over the last few years, I don't know if I've really reversed the position. I don't think I have, but it's undeniable that first of all, Solana's broken a lot less. I think they've ironed out some stuff and does seem to be experiencing more ecosystem growth than Ethereum right now. It seems to be, Mm-hmm. I would say the solid number, kind of like the solid number three blockchain. I don't know if I don't know where it is in the in the market cap rankings, but it seems like you know Bitcoin is like still has all the attention, the institutional stuff. Which by the way, I think the institutional stuff, and then when you get into like legal tender or like it can be held by banks as a backing, whatever that kind of stuff. That's the ceiling. That's the growth ceiling for Bitcoin. Whenever it gets permeates out into that, whereas stuff like the rest of the space has a lot more to grow, um, but so it's Bitcoin's number one still. Ethereum is a solid number two, but definitely a number one in terms of blockchain activity, as far as like what people are paying for, and the fee yeah. revenue is incredible compared to Bitcoin, and for everything actually. And Solana is like the number three, but as far as like it's the fastest growing. So Solana is like one of those new things that has made something of itself. I have no idea what poly uh polka dot is what it does why it matters i kind of have read some high sure, level but it... polka dot is in the WEF, their uh provider company just just oh, okay. so you know <laughs> well that yeah that settles it <laughs> but yeah um, yeah just a little bit of digging and you'll find it
1: it's on the uh the website so just heads up for everyone
0: yeah so with uh with cosmos is an interesting one because i completely ignored cosmos until very recently and mm. Where I kind of start, to, just like Bitcoin has so many Bitcoin-based coins, that's how you know it. Its legacy is there, kind of. And right. then Ethereum has so many Ethereum-based coins, so EVM-compatible out the ass, you know, whatever it is, yeah. all over the place. And then you start to have like, all right, well then, Master Notes and DAOs, for example, from the Dash side of things, just ended up being everywhere. And then you have like um, the Monero approach to like super default privacy is something that has permeated the actual tech not so much zcash has zero has advanced the state of the art of zero knowledge proof and stuff like that and you can see tons of projects building on that kind of stuff which is kind of funny because zcash comparatively to the legacy of the tech is just not doing super well at all which is is kind of a mm. kind of funny kind of ironic um uh, but then so, you have these kinds of things. And then I've just noticed so many projects be Cosmos based, which is a sign that they did something worthwhile. It's not just a shit coin, right? It's not just a little speculative pump and dump. And um, so, from just what I know, like obviously ThorChain, Cosmos based, and the Maya protocol, and probably the other Thor children as well, although I haven't looked into it too much. So, already that's like big. And also the fact that ThorChain has all these imitators already is just like, okay, that's a huge project. Um, but also um, Dash Evolution is Cosmos-based, like the Dash data platform is Cosmos-based. And then the Zcash community is talking about trying to make all of Zcash IBC-compatible, therefore Cosmos-based instead of Bitcoin-based. And that's kind of interesting. Um, But generally, the perspective on the old project versus new, um, I kind of feel like it's just like when you have uh, physical generations of people each generation knows a new thing or a different thing. And you might have like older generations might be better on the, um, discipline on the hardiness of getting through day to day, despite emotional trauma or whatever, they might be better on the work ethic or things like that. But then sensitivity, creativity, um, you know, Lack of emotional toxicity, maybe some other like stuff, and obviously technological savvy. The younger generations are better at, and these are all good things. But each generation gets their learning thing, and I feel like the earlier generations were a lot better at basic resilience and decentralization. And I feel like that's why a lot of those old ones stick around because, like, even like a digibyte, let's say, which. I'm not going to talk too much smack because I really like the project conceptually. I don't think it's being used or has been used for very much at all over the years. But because it's you know decentralized and works, the the community has such staying power over the years. And then this and then whereas if you have a centralized shitcoin that comes out, you know in the, the later years it might have more bells and whistles. It just doesn't stick around because once the right. stuff fades, it kind of like collapses like a company. But then, so I think basically, you need these old, long in the tooth projects that have that got the basics right of that generation. But you need to pay attention to the ones that are willing to innovate and evolve. And one cool thing about Monero, other than the fact that it just, you know, brushed up on its tech over the years, like fixed this privacy exploit there and here, but also in in gotten bulletproof, so the the proof size was very much smaller for the ring signatures, etc. Um, is they are, as far as I know, actively in ba- basically researching and intending on implementing uh, Zcash-based privacy. Basically, although don't don't call it that, or they get all touchy about it. But basically, you know, the Halo proving system, the trust the the no the no trusted setup zero knowledge proving system that Zcash uses for its transactions today. They don't want to do that so that's a great sign of like evolving and growing and it's probably going to be around for a while um bitcoin cash is an interesting one because uh they're basically they basically are becoming a smart contract platform but not by copy pasting anything by com- by building utxo based uh, scripting and which is something no one's doing as far as i know so I don't know if that's just like an annoying dead end because they're they're trying to do something when the whole, something that's like you're trying to design like the best steam engine in 2024. It's like, eh, why are you doing that? I don't know if it's that or if it's that they're breaking actual new ground and making something that's not as, con that does what Ethereum does, but is nowhere near as convoluted and with all the scaling issues. And then even Litecoin, um, the MWeb extension block is pretty cool because it gives a lot of, I guess, a high degree of usability for a pretty good level of privacy. And depending on your definition, I guess, I don't want to go into it too long, scaling improvements. Uh, And kind of just like a a nice little tack on, I I think it's an elegant solution to a lot of its problems or its limitations, former limitations. And so, I don't know. I, I would, my money would be on... You know, obviously, if you're trying to speculate, there's a lot of new projects that could use your money, right? But as far as like the ones to pay attention to, I'd probably do, you know, earlier generation cryptocurrencies that seem to have a good track record of continuing to grow and innovate. And I don't know. That's seems like it could be yeah. a, a fluffy answer too, but whatever.
1: Yeah, my last two cents on um, on Solana is. So the while they might be better now, I Mm -hmm. always go from the basis of like, what were their original intentions and what are the things they did originally? Because based on that, if we look at something like Hex, for example, right, like it started off, in my opinion, pretty much like a sketchy scammy coin with the stuff that they were able to do. But then after two years or whatever, that ability was no longer available with, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, the Ethereum payments, et cetera and then everything beyond that might have been you know legit so to speak but because it started in a certain way and that's the foundation of how it was built and the things that they did originally i would never endorse that going forward just like solana did a bunch of bad stuff at the beginning maybe they're better now but i'm effectively tacitly endorsing everything that they did previously as well as Mm -hmm. like you know like it's like okay well at some point is it's like okay you forgive and forget or did they learn their lesson or are they just changing because they just want the price to go up like and it's impossible to really know so i'd rather invest in something where i'm not concerned based on the ethics of the people leading it because that's never a good bet right i almost always have been like uh if it's possible then i don't like it like like Mm -hmm. you know what happened with uh some degree with like odyssey and library into some degree in my opinion it uh it kind of just like went crazy because it was possible for it to go that way and part Mm -hmm. of the issue is like you know with something like hive it's much less possible for a bunch of things to go crazy um you know people could argue there is some centralization amongst the witnesses etc but um having a structure where it's like not possible to do all this craziness. I don't want to rely on the CEO of rumble promising that free speech is going to be kept. I want it to be like built into the infrastructure of the platform. And I think that's like the simplest way that I look at most of the, uh, the coins and platforms and services and technologies out there.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't think I can disagree in the slightest that, uh, you should feel good about everything. Now, the in the early days, and this is how like old we are as far as in the crypto world, where like the the ten year old projects or those around that generation in the next couple people, it stopped really around the twenty seventeen bubble. But people cared about things like initial coin distribution a lot. People were like, oh well, who had it yeah, in the beginning? Yeah. Was there a pre mine? If it's a pre mine, is it coin? Blah, blah, blah. Like all this, they're really into that, and. I think maybe a little too much, but definitely not compared to today. Today, no one cares. It could be a company owns the entire supply and just like gives it to people willy-nilly, and they just, oh, I'm going to throw a bag at this. It's like, what the hell? Um, Yeah, meme coin
1: investing these days. Oh, God.
0: so bad. It's a whole whole other thing. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So the the challenge with um, those early days um, cryptos, When you, if you have a poor distribution or a centralized beginning or something bad like that, the question I always have, if you're going to revisit it later, is what has changed? So you could have an entirely like people get all like up in arms about Ethereum, the Ethereum ICO. And I personally think Ethereum's probably past its ICO, like where you care that they had an ICO because of how well distributed it is, how many people are involved, et cetera, et cetera. It seems just like Satoshi's hoard doesn't matter that much anymore because it's just so far in the past, it hasn't moved. Even if it's all Craig Wright's money he's gonna go dump on the market or whatever, like it's still so much bigger than that today. And so same thing as like Litecoin had a this first uh, few days or first day had like a vertical emission chart Dash had the same bug in the code for those fork from Litecoin. You had a lot of that stuff. People used to get really sketched out by that. I don't think anyone cares today uh, because you can look on the blockchain and see the supply of both are pretty, you know, they're, they're pretty well distributed. And then you Monero, I believe the official line is amongst the community is a literal scammer founded Monero that they say that and fluffy pony is just the guy who took over when they got rid of the scammy founder guy. And so, that no one cares about that. Um, Zcash had the Founders Reward, which oh, I did not, I even to this day, I personally am not a fan of it all. I don't think that you should just have like a, like the Block Reward go to some like VC people type thing. And now the the Block Reward has been repurposed to the Dev Fund, so it's just like a, you know, it goes partially to Zcash Foundation, they have a bunch of grants and stuff like that, and partially to Electric Coin Company every few years. And they revisit that once in a while. But the founders, the idea you're paying people from the block reward not to even do work. That you just, just initial investors who seeded, you know, that's a little weird to me. I don't like that. But Zcash today is not bound by that, I don't think. So the question for Solana, which I have not looked into this answer. But the question, which then I will look into, is what has changed? Um, Is the final supply... And total supply, knowable now, who made these sketchy decisions? Are they still making all the decisions? And if the answer is yes to that, I'd be very wary of where that goes in the future. If it's like, well, yeah, that guy, he's not there anymore, he's gone. Like, I know one of the two IOTA founders, the main guys, is gone. I have not kept up with IOTA at all, but I just know that guy's been gone for a couple years now. So, yeah. these things can change over.
1: Yeah, admittedly, I don't know enough about, like, Solana dApps to say that there is nothing innovative there, but mm-hmm. I don't know of anything super innovative on Solana. I mean, I'll, the most of what I see coming out of Solana is, like, NFT stuff, um, mm-hmm. but I, obviously that's not anything new by any means. So, I don't know. I mean, if if someone wants to, you know, send me, like, check out this really innovative solana project that doesn't exist on any other chain i would love to see that be more than interested to look into that uh but i don't see a lot of that so i'm always skeptical of chains that are like we're basically ethereum but with better fees which is what everyone is offering and then what are you like is there any interesting novel projects or anything that's been attracted to your chain that actually want to stay there and will not go somewhere else because i always liken it to if there was an Ethereum killer, like truly, it was Tron, um, but that never happened. It could have easily been Tron, and I mean, it didn't kinda. happen because because <laughs> it's it's you know it's too centralized and Justin Sun is causing problems everywhere he goes and, and many it's many different not things. Not innovative, but. But yeah, like they they didn't do anything that novel. It was literally just like every dApp was a gambling dAp. There was no there was no social media. There was like one or two social dApps. I reviewed them, then they just disappeared. They never did anything. They never really expanded. They could have been, but they just didn't. They they flopped. And mm-hmm. um and then and then you know, you have EOS and they tried to do voice and they were the most expensive domain purchase in history and then they completely that. flopped on that as well. There's, there's so many like opportunities for projects to, to be what they're saying that they're going to be. And then a lot of the times it's not really like it just ends up being like another copy paste of what we already have. And it's like, sure, I mean, we could have more, but I want to see like, like I said, everything's just spreading out. They're not making like new things. They're not scaling that like wall to like new heights, new progress. I just see a lot mm-hmm. of the same stuff being copy-pasted. But there are some things that are coming through the noise, and I'd love to see more of that on Solana. I'd be more than happy to endorse Solana if they came out with like some really useful thing that everyone wanted to use. And I was like, okay, well, now there's a good reason to be using it. But I just don't see that currently. And that, they again, phone, like they could just... They have a Yeah, that is interesting. I mean, but, but that's not like that's novel in the sense of it's like interesting, but like a cryptocurrency having shoes doesn't really mean anything. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, it's not like, uh, it's not like any other cryptocurrency can't have shoes. Like there's Mm -hmm. nothing like special about it in terms of like, it's not like I need to use Solana because they have shoes. It's like, okay, well any, like you could do that for anything. Right. I mean, maybe I need to look more into their phone because like, maybe Mm -hmm. it's like, something super special about the phone because it's using solana but i to my understanding it's just like it's solana and it has a phone you know but uh, yeah maybe i'm wrong
0: so uh, the one caveat on i agree with everything on tron except for one thing um tether on tron is the dominant crypto by far in latin america because it
1: solves oh yeah i did see that they are now the number one usdt uh, chain like there's more Tether on Tron than on Ethereum, which is insane.
0: Yeah, and it's really eating up. It's one of the very largest sources of BitRefill's volume, for example. And mm. it's like, it's kind of, a, I wouldn't even I wouldn't say it's undeserved because that sounds a little salty, <laughs> but it's sort of like, it just happened to be, oh, this is the low fee network that people use to send their, their, their fiat on that just worked out and it's not it's the fees are going up though. <laughs> like yeah I've stage. I've seen Venezuelans complaining saying, first of all, yeah. why do I need this Tron stuff to send the, the dollars? Like the gas token problems. Like, all right, well that's a thing. But then also being like, Why does it cost thirty cents to send my money? And I'm just like, it's not that high yet, but like it's it is getting there. And I think that's kind of yeah. the, the Solana thing, um I guess Solana seems to be able to scale relatively well. I, I won't comment more on that because there's some uniqueness to it I have not researched. But the thing is, Ethereum, no one uses Ethereum. Everyone uses L2s, you know, like Polygon, mm-hmm. Arbitrum, things like that. That's what Solana is right. competing against. Because is, Ethereum isn't even like competing against to be an Ethereum killer, right? Is It's like, the, <laughs> you don't have to be an Ethereum killer, you have to be an Ethereum L2 killer. And so... If all these L2s have worse performance, worse trust assumptions, and more complexity based on having to do something with the main Ethereum chain, then Solana, then Solana is going to win out in those cases. So I don't know. We'll see. It'll be interesting to see if Solana manages to completely supplant Ethereum. Um, It seems like Solana is at least doing something different. Whereas binance smart chain and tron seem to just be like a literal control c control v (laughs) like uh, like a shameless copy paste where solana is like very similar but also does other things on its own so Hmm. we will see but then again if you're that centralized which i'm sure it still is what happens when you have regulatory pressure and crackdowns and not available in your region and stuff like that then then we're back to square one. Then we're back to the two class of 2014, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, personally,
1: I'm skeptical towards uh, Solana, but, um, you know, I'm pretty skeptical on a lot of coins and a lot of networks. Um, so that might just be me being uh, pessimistic, but, you know, they don't have the greatest track record. And that's generally what I go off of. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't take it as like a price recommendation because uh, half the time I say something is like sketchy and then it goes way up in value. But in the end, nine times out of 10, they end up uh, crashing and going way, way below the value of when I originally said that. So uh, I, 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 I'm not betting on Solana, but I would never say that it's not going to go up in value because it probably will just naturally because it's got so much growth to be had in the, in the Mm -hmm. ecosystem. So yeah, from a price perspective, you know, I'm sure there's tons of people who are yelling at the screen saying, like, no, it's gonna go up. It's like, yeah, probably right, but doesn't mean it's good or that I like that I agree with what they've done. That's the most important thing. It's like price doesn't actually reflect if something is and mm-hmm. I guess I'm throwing this word around a little casually, like a scam or not necessarily a scam, but just like not shady, a good project useless. for you to be yeah, shady, sketchy, something that you shouldn't be investing in. Uh, Just because the price goes up doesn't mean that's actually like it's been disproven because I've seen it a million times where the price goes way up and everyone says, see, it's not. And then it crashes and it's like, oh, like everyone up until Terra Luna went to like zero was saying it was like it was like in the top 10. It was like the most amazing thing coming out of nowhere. It's like now in the top 10 for volume. And everyone's like, this is the greatest thing. And I took a look at Anchor and I was like, you have to deposit the funds to anchor it's not through a smart contract i was like i'm not gonna own any terra luna this sucks and then it crashed and went to zero and it's like yeah go figure like they had some sketchy thing with anchor where it wasn't through a smart contract you actually had to deposit Mm -hmm. and i was like yeah that's leaving your funds on an exchange like why would you do this and then everyone tons of people got burned. and um yeah i mean just uh keep that in mind like price does not equal legitimacy for by any means but uh solana absolutely. may very well go
0: up a lot yeah well let's hope for the sake of the people invested that it does at least and some people make some money
1: why not yeah it's not a zero-sum game everyone can make money i'm more than happy for everyone to make money and uh, yeah. that will probably happen when bitcoin goes up anyways. so everything will uh <laughs> it'll raise all all tides
0: absolutely well, this is probably a great time to wrap the whole thing up um shill o'clock you got anything special to show um yeah i mean just uh you can follow
1: me anywhere at Scottsy business or uh, check out my podcast tech and things i haven't really been posting but uh, you could still uh follow along with what i am talking about probably the most active on uh on x slash twitter and mm-hmm. a few uh blockchain social platforms but yeah everywhere at scottsy business i'm i'm wearing this on my shirt i don't know if you can see that but very very small print Mm -hmm. uh it says at scottsy business but uh yeah you can follow me there or tech and things is the is the show
0: all right fantastic well thanks for being on everyone thanks for watching um i got some nft store stuff to sort out for my my grumpy super chatters but yeah we'll be back next week um let me check the calendar calendar real quick um probably should have had this this done before but yeah i think next week is going to be the dash podcast so everyone tune in get ready for that one and have a great weekend i'll see you all around and yeah remember your phone is spying on you don't forget that (laughs) bye-bye guys private privacy matters (laughs) yeah bye-bye